Hello, everybody. This is Junkie Turdman. Chris is Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. That means you're tuned in either for the ride of your life or you made it here on accident. Either way, uh, welcome. I uh, hope you're having a great uh, Friday. And guess what today is? Today's Flat Out Friday. Uh, hi, Tobor. Uh, how are you doing? Good to be back. Oh, it is. It's, it has been a while since I've seen you. I, I don't know if you knew that. It has been a while. I have been down and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sound a little shaky. Um, I actually had you turned off for a little bit. I actually got a robot restraining order against you. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, I I turned you off, but we've turned you on. We're trying. We're trying out your new thing. We're gonna. We're gonna do a couple things this year with you. So I just thought, hey, I'm alone in the studio. Uh, why not t- fire up old Tobor see if he's still working? I uh, wasn't sure if you were covered in dust, but it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Good to be back. Awesome. Well, hey, let's um, let's not mess around too much. Let's get into this week's show, and uh, we got a lot of racing. Uh, commentary coming up, and we're going to be talking about a few races that are be happening ASAP. So with that, let's roll the intro, Tobes. Reach your crotchety old robot hand over there and press the buttons that do the things, and let's get into episode 268. Mm, 260. Moto One Podcast Network. to Creative Writing, America's best motorcycle podcast. Hey, there's a bunch of asterisks behind that. <laughs> Never mind. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more information, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to learn how you can support the show yourself. Now, let's get cracking. Roll on the throttle, blip the brakes, tighten the air cleaner, check the crankshaft. And don't spill your coffee. And don't spill your coffee. Don't do any of that of the jazz because I wouldn't want you to uh, get distracted from listening to the show. And uh, if I sound distracted right now, uh, it is uh, because uh, I'm just testing the uh, meter here and it's working just fine. Hey, um, so Tobor, I shut it back off. Where he's, um, he, You could tell his voice sounded a little shaky there. And uh, yeah, I, it won't sound like Tobor for much longer if the Robo Wiggins project goes through. So we'll see. Um, hey, uh, there are a few races coming up. We got the uh, a bike week. Daytona bike week started. Um, there's going to be a ton of flat track. Well, there's going to be a ton of... Um, now, now, I may be wrong. I, I read that the flat track is starting on the 9th or the 10th. Is that would that be right? I, I'm not going to whip out my calendar and start looking at my my uh, my calendar here while we're recording. But that seems a little off to me. It seems like the, the flat track should have been uh, starting with the Daytona Bike Week, which started this uh, this last I think today starts, and it's going to go to the 14th. So I guess technically it's not a week. It's a little more than a week. It's a Daytona Bike Fortnight, and I think there will be flat track racing. <clears throat> Pardon me, on the 10th at Volusia, which is down near Florida somewhere, I guess. Um, and what else is near Florida? The rest of Florida. Uh, you know what they say? <laughs> you know what they say about Florida? When you're in it, you're in it. <laughs> Nobody says that. Um, hey, my jokes? Yeah, I know. It's not even up. All right, turn it up, Tobes. Thank you, Tobes. Yeah, there we go. Either we can do that or we can call the... the uh, the joke police against my jokes. All right. Hey, well, we got a couple races we do want to talk about. The AFT season is going to be coming up. We're going to be talking about AFT with the, with a few uh, uh, racers today. Uh, welcome to Flat Out Friday, by the way. And uh, Mama tried the whole weekend. And I hope if you're sitting in the pits right now, you're sitting next to one of the two knuckleheads that's going to be on this week's show. And so I'll try to keep this brief kind of keep it short so there is going to be a ton of racing and there has been a ton of racing if you're into motocross obviously you know there's been a gajillion race things uh, that have been happening if you are into um classic racing and arma and things like that um you're gonna be surprised because i'm gonna tell you god dang this beer um so listen there's gonna be a, a race at april 23rd at big willow it's gonna be a classic track day um, also on the 23rd 
And I believe the, it's not the Moto Corsa Classica, but it is a SoCal GP. I'm not sure what they're going to be calling it this year. But yeah, it, that is going to be uh, April 23rd and 24th out there at Big Willow. Uh, before that, there's going to be the Willow Springs Roundup, which is going to be uh, a little bit of class. There's going to be some flat track racing out at Willow Springs Raceway, so check that out. Um, and if you want any details about what could possibly be coming up in the Southern California Arma scene, uh, check out BradyWalker.com and the Sweet Talker Brady Walker. We ought to have that fool come on the show, and actually we'll, we'll get in touch with him soon and have him pop back on because he's going to be having a few track days this year. And he's also um, head of the Hanford Motorcycle Swap Meet, which I can't remember if that happened already or not either. I'm so behind. Um, and obviously SoCal Cycle Swap Meet just happened because the last Sunday of February uh, was just this past week. So stay tuned. There's going to be a vintage OC bike coming up. And I'm going to I'm gonna convince uh, Wigmeister to take a CBX down there and uh, win a prize with that stupid thing. And then, um, yeah, we'll let the other racing begin. So, uh, uh, Moto America, I believe, is going to be starting up pretty soon here. Um, the biggest news in Moto America that I have heard of is obviously there has already been a spate of uh, MotoGP, former MotoGP and World Superbike riders come over. Um, and there's obviously Danilo Petrucci coming this year. Um, and Josh Heron, one of my favorite riders in the entire uh, MotoGP. <laughs> Moto GP grid, the Moto America GP grid. Uh, yeah, Moto America riders. He uh, jumped from, well, he was on Suzuki, I think, a while back. I'm not sure if he ever rode Suzuki. Did he? I think he might have rode Suzuki for a couple of years with um, um, the other the other guy, Spanish fella, who I, why can't I think of his name right now? God damn, what is it, like midnight? Oh, yeah, look, it is midnight. Uh, anyway, so he was uh, Tony Elias. That's what I'm trying to think of. He was teammates, I believe, on Suzuki with Tony Elias. Then he went to Yamaha, and he's been on Yamaha for quite a while. Um, and I, and now he's jumping to Ducati. And so that's real exciting news. Uh, Cam Peterson and all the other South Africans are still also uh, making waves, and they're going to be big names to look for this year. And I think there's another South African guy that's coming over to race again. A lot of Africans... Um, coming over here to take part um, in the SoCal and um, not SoCal specifically, but the uh, the AMA racing around here. And um, yeah, so it's pretty interesting. All the world talent that's headed over this way. So I'm excited about AMA uh, season starting up. I have been excited about the Supercross season that has been around and we're going to hear some motorgasms for that. And then we're going to get into flat track, flat tracking everybody. And uh, before I get into that and we start talking about flat track, I wanted to say, if you get a chance, go read the Cycle News article. It's because it's been a hot second since I've watched flat track, partially because of the programming, you know, and because of the uh, monetization of fans' choice. I loved when you could uh, just flip it on and watch it, but I, I know there's growing pains and it's, things are cost money to produce, so I get it. I understand. I'm not going to complain about that, but. There's other things going on uh, with flat track that I did not foresee, and I think it's, are very interesting. So, um, if you get a chance, head over to Cycle News. It's a digital publication. They come out every Monday, and they are fabulous. <clears throat> Pardon me. In my opinion, they write some of the best news articles and industry insider articles. And they did a three-piece, uh, uh, basically a three-week-long um uh, flat track breakdown on AFT specifically and the things that uh, you know Pepperidge Farm doesn't forget and neither did the, the people that wrote this article as to what happened a few years ago about five years ago uh, five or six years ago in the sport when everything turned around people were getting into it this podcast started to talk about it more I got other writers and shows into it and uh, yeah people got excited about it and now uh, some of that stuff has changed. So we will get a chance to talk about a little bit of that and, and, and kind of delve into why. But Cycle News did an excellent article, uh, three-piece article on that, if you want to go check that out. Uh, with no further ado, let me see. I don't really have much that we're going to be talking about this week because um, I want to get our guests on right away. They're going to be at Flat Out Friday um, today. And so if you get a chance, like I said, if you're in the pits, hanging out, drinking a beer, suds and buds, I heard that, yeah. I heard that in Milwaukee. 
Oh, that's, that's SoCal. That's the burritos in SoCal. But maybe the cheese does that to you too. Uh, but yeah, if you got a couple of curds and some beer um, to spare, you might want to go track down our two guests tonight and uh, and talk with them. So let's do some motorgasms real quick. And uh, speaking of the uh, motocross, supercross season that's kicking, that's, you know, halfway through probably already which i think there's a race every weekend for 20 weeks so they're probably halfway through by now and um we'll get into that i was gonna cover the uh dakar rally i told you next time we got together i would cover it but i think i want to try and keep this episode short and sweet and uh yeah easier it is for me to produce the faster you get out of here without your eardrums getting tortured by my hideous intrusive voice all right with that no further ado let's get into motorgasms get this show on the road going to be Nicoletti right here. He goes down and oh man, he got piled into by Ramos. Watch this. Yeah, Ramos gets him right there. Look like oh man. Oh, and then Alberg also. Cooper gets into him. Another that's, look. That's a scary moment, but we're happy to report to well, the rhythm section claims another oh, oh boy. Man. Tyler! Wow, what a ride! Oh, he's right in the middle of the. Got a pretty good start. He gets, he gets up there as him and Roxon both go. Uh, Roxon, Tomac, believe that's Pike. Also, Malcolm Stewart was in there. He's gonna return the favor, but it does not go well. Look, it's almost like he slides in there and then just watch his arm goes oh, all the way between between the. And the rear. Oh man! Oh man! Ken Roxon, look at the just shredded. And the Alpine Star medical team talking to him, trying to help him. Oh, they get oh. together, and that was Weston Pike. Always seen him through his professional career. If he can it out. Oh no, Baggett! Big, and he is off the. 
see what happens. Oh, he almost goes over the bar. Oh, bam. bam. That's a great start by Rodriguez. Oh, oh and then he is Rodriguez gets oh. by Osborne. That's Osborne on the ground. Massive He's up and going up. again. Look right here. Bam. Oh, man. Looks like Rodriguez dies more. And watch the 174 of Osby. Woo. He goes into our camera. This time, will it be the same? Oh! No! And Faulkner makes a big Well, this happened. All the pressure. Faulkner loses his concentration as he's trying to the lap rider. Just got distracted. Just, just a little bit right there, but that's just rider error, and I, I just can't help but think that it was the pressure that Osborne was putting on. Watch the first green bike here. Forkner is... Oh, he just gets all by himself. It's, oh, no! Forkner again! Take a look as he goes to... Oh, his, his right oh. hand comes off the... Hit Osborne a week ago in Minneapolis. Oh, no! Oh, he gets in the and then just gets a little huckabuck going. The, the start to twist. Oh, and Cunningham the and Muscan narrowly him and the bike. Oh, it's going to be short. Oh. Contact! There goes Osborne right off the bike. Sure, what he's look how twisted it. What a mess! He's got a bloody nose. You can see it. That's from where he hit his. <laughs> Wow, makes you want to know what they hit. Makes you want to know what I edited out, didn't you? You never knew that motorcycle racing was so dirty on NBC uh, Sports. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a quick commercial break, get into this uh, interview, and get out of here in an actual hour. Yay, bye. Hey, everybody, this is Nathan Flats from Flats Tires, reminding you, Come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires. They're round. They're made of rubber. And we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right. Come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First, down in Epperton. Zappers. Zappers. We got them. Whappers. Whappers. We got them. We got everything you need for your off-road adventure this summer. Nathan's Power Sports Village in Durston. Brakes? Brakes. We got those. Tires? We got those. Seatbelts for your motorcycle? We got those. Visit us down at Nathan's Power Sports Village. Just east of Durston. Durston. For over 131 years and several months, Clodman's has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over. Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Klopman's. Join the Hall of Fame, win your first race, impress the judges, put a Klopman's in your mouth, and a championship trophy on your shelf. Klopman's, not for dreamers, for doers. Klopman's, the only pickle for motorcyclists. All right, everybody, we are back. Welcome back to uh, episode 268, Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. Uh, on tonight's show, we have some very special guests with us, and uh, we wanted to talk about, or I wanted to talk about flat tracking, and I figure what better way than to get two professional AFT flat trackers on the show with us tonight. <laughs> Unfortunately, they wouldn't come on the show once they, they found out what show it was, so I did the next best thing, and we've called up um, some friends from Wisconsin. So with us on the phone tonight, we have the one and only Shakes, who is a returning guest from, uh, I believe, last year. I think it's already been a... Yep, yep. Yeah, I think t 2021, you were on the show, even though that's technically only like 30 days ago, 60 days honored. ago. I'm honored. And we, and we have um, Narissa. Narissa from uh, the Build Moto, Iron Angels, Harley Davidson, the world. 
<laughs> good to talk to you again. Yeah, and it's good to have you back on. And last time you were both on the same show, but not together. Now we're all in one virtual room, thousands of miles away. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some flat tracking tonight. So both of you, I have a, uh, a question. The 2022 season is going to be starting up here. Daytona Bike Week is coming up here pretty soon, a uh, uh, week after next. You two are going to be at Flat Out Friday. Um, let's just say today, <laughs> tomorrow, whenever this episode comes out. Um, it's going to be right around the time that, that that's going down. And it's a big part of uh, the last few years in motorcycling has been flat track racing. And so there's something that's been going on with flat track, though. And even myself, an avid fan since the, uh, the you know early 2000s, that I've kind of haven't really paid much attention to the last couple years of it. And I, there's could be several several reasons why but since i've been not paying that much attention some big things have been happening so i got a little uh, observation i've made and i just read a three-part uh series that cycle news did on the 2022-23 season i think it's amazing so i got a couple questions for you i'd like to read a little little, uh, little piece i typed here and then get your feedback on it so if you guys are ready let me know we'll, uh, yes yeah. all right the, the other way it could have gone was you guys said, okay, I'm hanging up now and the show is over in uh, four minutes. So um, so listen, in the, in the US of A, for anybody that's not familiar, um, every country and every region, even within the United States, uh, there's a lot of regional uh, flat track associations and race associations, no matter what type of racing you're into. But in the USA, the sport of flat track is governed by the AMA Pro Racing. And in 2015, they appointed an industry expert, Michael Locke, as CEO of AMA Pro Racing. You may remember that was a huge announcement. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't really appar apparent at first, but what he did was over the next year, he observed a few things and he came from a huge motorsports and automotive background. And in 2017, he rebranded the sport altogether, making some changes that breathed like a new life into the format that was not really fan or broadcast friendly. And he made some coherent rules and some class structures that helped stoke viewer interest and made everybody, uh, you know, brought on some hooligan racing to uh, start be, be like a show, like a like a hors d'oeuvre or a, or appetizer, if you will, for like the main shows. There was several several things. Flat track was really taken off grassroots style, and I believe Mama tried. Uh, May I'm not 100% sure how old Mama Tried is, but I think that this is right around the time where Mama Tried started as well. Is is somewhere around 2015? Maybe I'm wrong about that. That sounds is, about right. Is that yeah. about right? Okay, right. And, and, and flat track all together took off. A lot of tracker style bikes started to come out. Different people were making um, one offs and things like that. So. The next thing to do was make it so fans can really enjoy it. And I think they did that. And once they stoked that interest, a little fire was started. And once that fire got started, AMA Pro Racing not only fanned the flames, but they poured fuel when they allowed Indian to make a return to racing officially that same year. And Indian had been developing a bike and 2017 was its official debut. And flat tracking, Pro flat tracking in the United States has not been the same ever since. Five seasons later, AMA Pro Racing is facing a wall of death rather than a flat track. And that reason has a lot to do with its brightest star. And I'm not talking about an individual racer. The star that I'm talking about is the FTR 750. Since its debut in 2017, the FTR 750 has become the most successful and most ridden bike in AFT. And all this despite a dwindling premier class rider uh, entry level. So according to Cycle News, uh, the first season, the FTR only made up 9% of the field. And five years later, it is 75% of a field whose entries have dropped by roughly half. So there used to be about 600 riders, 600 plus on all sorts of machines back in uh, 2017. And today there's just over 250 riders and most of them are on Indians or at least the ones that want to win. Um, the FTR has made waves since it hits the, hit the dirt, partially because it was a purpose-built race engine. And we can go into that in a little bit. And although that's not really significant because there was also the RS750s that dominated the sport, and they actually got restricted to the point where Honda pulled the factory team out of racing altogether and has never come back. Then there was the XR750 that's dominated for five decades and, and is a purpose-built motor, um, and except for when Honda was dominating, and they basically stopped making that the year the Indian came back. Um, 
because they were going to a production-based engine. So the, the Indian has really dominated. What it got right, it really got right. And it may not seem like a huge problem, but other manufacturers, most notably Harley, uh, who's been in the sport since, you know, the early 20s and 30s, just like Indian, they've already left the sport after failing to be competitive over the, just five years in and people are leaving. And there's others that are now considering the same. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion on that, um, on the FTR 750. And uh, before we get there, there's there's Indian side of the story. Um, Gary Gray, who's the Indian uh, VP of like racing and development, He's saying that other teams can build motors that are equally as effective. And Jerry Stinchfield of Roost Systems, he agrees. He He's running Indians now too. And he says, you know, his opinion is basically that Kawasaki and Yamaha have these huge budgets, huge factories, much larger than Harley-Davidson even, um, if you consider that they sell more globally, like uh, across the world and in Japan and other places like that than, than Harley does. They have these big... Uh, you know, Honda specifically, Yamaha and Kawasaki also have, um, you know, whole car and ship divisions and, and they're, they're huge factories outside of their motorcycle efforts. So they have these huge budgets. Why don't they just build a flat track racing engine also? Um, and we can kind of compare that to F1. Uh, Nurse, I think you're probably familiar with a lot of mm -hmm. F1 stuff too. Um, and Indian is, is a little company, yet they did, they did this fantastic racing motor. So he thinks that the other brands can catch up to Indian, but at the same time, investing millions of dollars and time into a track only bike that does not translate whatsoever on the street. Cause the, the, what's winning it, what's helping it win on the racetrack is the exact opposite of what you want in a street bike or any other bike that you're going to sell. So it's, it's, it's almost like spending a bunch of money for, for nothing really, you know? Um, so basically the, the AFT was trying to pivot to a pr more production based, uh, series to begin with when they let Indian come in. And, uh, so yeah, Indians, Indian claims that they're a production bike and that anybody can come, they're expensive, but they'll, but they're still for sale publicly. So that's, that's their caveat is that, Hey, listen, we are a production bike. We're just a real expensive one, but now lattice Harley Davidson, Essenson Racing, Vance and Hines, they see stuff otherwise, and they think that a single brand run of the show will have net negative effects. So basically, I wanted to get you two together. I know, Narissa, you work um, in the industry, and Shakes, I know that you're um, a Harley fan and uh, and also a hooligan, and, and we all love motorcycle racing altogether. What do you guys feel about the fact that can a single brand ruin uh, flat tracking just by being overly competitive or, or making it like a spec class. Uh, the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, personally, I feel like uh, it, it, it is a detriment. You definitely need competition out there. If, if it's Indian raising the bar and everybody needs to catch up, that's a good thing. But if, he, if Indian's running away with it and it becomes on Optanium, then I think that that is a giant detriment to us, board. You don't want yeah. you don't want a monopoly. Um, I'm excited for some of the moves Harley did with the, the Pan Am and the, the, their engineering in that respect. I'm not well versed enough to speak in any kind of depth on it, but I see some promise there. Yeah, for sure. And that motor. Um, now that class is typically 750, but there has been like KTM's, I think is, is trying to petition like a 900 or like a, um, maybe like a, a 790 or something like that. Um, and there are other people that want to look in, but when you have the FTR running away with the series, is it worth it now to get in when you know you're going to be, it's almost like saying, yeah. Hey, I'm going to take my Honda Civic down and race against a touring car or worse yet an F1 car. Right. So. Um, and Narissa, I know you may have to be uh, sensitive and and and, um, <laughs> and a apolitical to this whole uh, uh, discussion. But what do you feel? Do you feel like having one single make, no matter who it was, let's just say it's an Excelsior. The, the year is 1923, and Excelsior is running away with the uh, the title. Um, do you feel like that's a detriment to the sport? Do you feel like it's a detriment to um, you know viewership? Sure. Yeah. So I guess my, my personal opinion is that long term, it can be more of a detriment than 
it is a, a positive feature of, of a series. Um, I, I think in general, when it comes to things like competition, racing, spectators and fans, they always want to see a battle, right? Like that's the most exciting thing is when, when you have battles or uh, a lot of action happening on the track. And I mean, you mentioned F1. Think about like the days of the Ferrari ring, or I mean, heck, even nowadays, Lewis Hamilton. How many Lewis Hamilton haters are there out there? Right. A lot, right? But when you really look at the technicalities of it, he's a good driver. People may get upset at me saying this, but <laughs> he's he's a good driver. He has a good team behind him. Really, the whole formula is working, and he, the team, the engineers, everybody has has found the proper gel to be a winning conglomerate, right? So like you kind of can't fault him for that, but you kind of want to hate him for it too, because you're like, man, I just, I want like someone else to win. I want want something different to happen. And I think that same sentiment can be carried over to something like this, where it's it's the same team or it's the same manufacturer. Um, You know, you gotta give it up to those manufacturers or those teams that are winning but long term i think it's gonna cause people to lose interest right and apparently you know an f1 mercedes is the team to beat is that hamilton's team is he a mercedes driver he has been i i want to say he still is i haven't been keeping up with this year so any f1 fans out there don't hate me if i get this wrong (laughs) right well and that's the thing too is that f1 has been growing in popularity despite the fact that the same person and the same teams keep winning and i think mercedes in that series has kind of you know what used to be the ferraris and i think for a while was maybe jag and now is like mercedes is is winning race after race and i remember in the night or not the 90s i guess it was the 2000s um I had a friend that watched NASCAR and he hated F1. And I said, why you hate F1 so much? And he said, because Michael Schumacher wins every race. And and then Jeff Gordon went through his period in uh, NASCAR where he was winning every race and it was the same thing. And I think it's that people hate seeing the same person win over and over and over. And that's why the anyone but me thing is so big right now in American flat track. Um, Briar Bauman has always been a really good racer and to see him come up to the level that he is now because he's on an FTR 750 is pretty incredible to me. Um, and Brian Smith, who I absolutely loved, I was very excited when he joined the team and they were part of the Indian Wrecking Crew. You know, unfortunately, as soon as, as Brad Baker left, things started, the dynamic changed and Brian Smith actually went to head to head trying to trying to get, you know, back on the Kawasaki where he last won. Um, and that just proved useless and futile. And everybody from from Jeffrey Carver to you know the top, you know the top uh, the podium uh, is on FTRs. And I think part of the thing is this: is that um, there was a there was a very good. If, if excuse me, I, I, I anybody that's interested in a really smart, in depth uh, view, go read the Cycle News articles. It's a three week. Uh, they they did it uh, one part every week, and and they go into the whole um, physics of the Indian and why it's winning. Um, but the the piece that really spoke to me was the fact that it excuse me this beer I, I'm drinking a um, Captain Fatty's cucumber sour, and boy it hits every once in a while it hits weird. <laughs> so. Cucumber sour? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Fancy. <laughs> wow, yeah. that is that is not a beer that you would be drinking. <laughs> right now in Wisconsin because it's still winter here. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds like a summer refreshing beer. <laughs> yeah. It, dude, it was like 88 today. So yes, I, I'm, uh. I'm currently sweating. So, um, so yeah, sorry about that. If I pass out or, or you hear some weird noises, it's probably it trying to work its way down my gullet. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, to get back to the, to the racing, I, I do see that, um, you know, having a single make does make it harder for, it becomes a spec class at that point. And exactly. Narissa, I know that you with Build Moto, um, you know, and the uh, Royal Enfield BTR that was so very popular with road racing last year is moving into the flat track, uh, you know, arena this year. And basically it is, uh, you, you, you don't want to, I agree with Shakes 100% too, that you don't want to limit that competition. People love to see, right now they're they're living up the stories of the people. And I think that flat track, um, I'm not 100% sure, 
but I think that they were going to do like a reality series or like a docu-series because they have to make it about the stories right now. If everyone's riding the same bike, it's not about the manufacturers and the teams. It's about mm -hmm. who, who is winning and the personal story. So I see how it becomes a lot harder for them to market it at that point. Um, another great another great point that Cycle News brought up is that if FTR, if Indian puts out contingencies for people to win and Yamaha's putting up contingency money and Harley's putting up contingency money um, and Indian consistently is winning, it's making those other manufacturers, A, they're throwing away that money, basically, or they're throwing it not knowing what it's, what's, what's it doing, you know, really. People are not... You know, we're putting it out there. Nobody's getting it, and, and it's not making the sport any better. And also for Indian, at what point do you say, hey, everyone's on an FTR 750. There's no reason to pay contingency to these people that are guaranteed to win it. Mm -hmm. So the contingencies have, when this has happened in the past, apparently the contingency has dropped or quit altogether. And then basically there's no reason, um, you know, it, it becomes a spec class in one, one bike's favor and there's nothing for anybody at that point. So I 100% agree with the uh, the need for other competitors and the need for that contingency money from other OEMs to mean something, you know. Um, interestingly enough, I just finished, they just released part three last night and I read it, you know, I read it yesterday and it does seem like for 2022, they're going to make some changes. Um, Indian is going to be restricted, which I'm sure they're not very happy about. There's going to be some other things where if you have a performance or a production-based bike, you can mess with the tire weights a little bit. And if you want to get into the physics of flat tracking and, and speed and, and that stuff, Wiggins and I have talked about it before. Um, even making like a twingle type motor didn't work for a lot of people. Um, so the motors messing with the flywheels, none of that stuff worked because Indian built their bikes super specific for one purpose. Um, and so this year, there's going to be a few changes that only apply to the Indians, which doesn't seem fair, but to level the playing field and make it a competitive sport that benefits everybody, it seems sure. fair. I mean, it, it, or else you're just going to run away and it's going to ruin it and then nobody's going to watch it. I actually have a few people that I turned on to flat tracking, like right around 2016, you know, 15, 16, they were all stoked. Indian comes in and it was like the biggest news. Oh my God, Harley versus Indian for the first time since like 1953, you know? A big, big, huge news. Mm -hmm. And then Indian started winning every race and they quit watching the first season, you know, or like after the first season, they're like, oh, okay, next season. When the next season started and Indian starts winning again, they were done. And so they never came back to flat track. So I've seen it anecdotally affect people negatively. Um, and I don't know, you know, Harley Davidson, they're out winning King of the Baggers now, you know, and they're drag racing. So it's like mm -hmm. you lost a huge um, member of that sport that's been in it since the days of its inception you know so i think if you um i think that if you want to get other people in it and if you want to have other people step in that definitely um bringing back bringing back uh, a fair level playing field and not having purpose-built bikes is uh, is a way to go there's a whole bunch of other aspects that they talked about in that series that is mind is mind opening it, it kind of lets you into the inside how people that do race series need to think um and and it's really like insider baseball and once you read it you're like oh yeah it's so common sense that it's it's amazing um True. and i don't remember if either of you members when they first brought it out they were supposed to have an engine after like the first three years that was a production-based engine they were giving them like they were giving them a little bit of a uh you know a, a grace period to get a production engine ready and that production engine never came but so did covid covid came and stopped a lot of things right so yeah. it's been this kind of weird like a uh, uh, perfect storm of weird circumstances that's kept them from putting out a production 750 motor um and one of the things that crushed me is even though i didn't buy a street harley davidson street i loved it harley excuse me harley davidson had a 750 motorcycle you know, in their in their lineup, and I, and when it went away, I was just so sad. So um, I hope they bring it back, and I hope Harley gets back into it uh, with the changes that come after they see how this year pans out. You know, so we'll see. Um, now let's talk about other stuff. Let's talk about let's get away from industry stuff and talk about YouTube goobers. Um, speaking of flat tracking and uh, drinking unseasonably warm beers for. Uh, <laughs> First off, let's talk about Wisconsin. How how is it in Wisconsin right now? It's actually warm. Uh, nice. We got a nice little heat wave come by here. 
Yeah, by we, that, hit, we hit 41 degrees today. I was going to say by that, you mean, <laughs> is it 50 or <laughs> No, it's actually not. So, um, yeah, it's got to be balmy. At 41, when it hits yeah. uh, after being 20, I'm sure it feels balmy. Um, so... I'm guessing that you won't be racing outdoors. You guys are going to be racing uh, <laughs> at the uh, Flat the Out Pfizer, Friday. Yeah, Pfizer Forum, Pfizer which Forum. is uh, where the, the NBA Bucks play. So nice. it's pretty cool that they let motorcycles come in stink up the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. So let's talk about that. I'm excited um, to hear about what you guys are up to and what you guys are going to be racing there. Well, Shakes, you, you want to take it away? <laughs> I, yeah, we're um, going back in there less than two months removed from the last time, I think. Uh, running a bunch of classes. Nurse is actually going to be riding my bike uh, in the hooli- or lady hooligan class, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So excited about it, getting back in there. Did pretty good last time, dialed it in a little bit. It's more about... Uh, experience and less about the results but at the same time you know I, i'm pretty stoked about what where i what i learned from the last time and putting it in the play this time so right I, I feel good about it and when people are pumped about seeing a, an outhouse racing around it it's definitely about the, uh, the experience <laughs> yeah, yeah. and not about the results whatsoever so i love that um how did you do uh, shakes how did you do last time you were out uh what how did where'd you place um, I got second in my heat, I believe. Uh, failed to make the main, but um, was right behind the guy. So felt pretty good about it. Uh, the bike felt good. Didn't get hurt. So that's a plus. Right. I know that's that's two important factors. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, as much as I love racing and, and this feeling of speed, I, I have a feeling that if I were in Wisconsin for Flat Out Friday, I wouldn't mind not making the main so much because there's a bunch of beer to be had in the stands from what I understand. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. what's better than beer and friends? It's almost like a win-win. If you if you win, yay. But if you lose, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. And Narissa, I know you raced last time too. Um, and uh, how did you place last time? So, in ladies' pool again, I'll be honest, I don't exactly know. I'm pretty sure I finished seven out of nine um there were some issues with the timing system so i think it actually reported me finishing fifth but i know that's not the case i know i was i got passed and i was further back than that but um i successfully avoided a collision during my main which i felt really good about um unfortunately a woman went down in front of me and um her head was very close to my front tire but uh, thankfully, I, I pat myself on the back. I have some good reactionary skills and I avoided her, but um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. You know, that was my first time riding a hooligan bike actually. And uh, I was actually, I was pretty intimidated about it going out because I mean, these, these bikes are heavy. They're very torquey, you know, you are not paying attention to what you're doing. If you get on the throttle too soon, coming out the corner, you get target fixation. All of a sudden, there's the wall, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was I was a bit nervous about it, but once I got out on the track for some practice sessions, I surprised myself at how comfortable I felt. And once you kind of find that comfort level, it's like you can kind of, kind of settle in, and that's when you start to really have fun. Like nice. you're still very focused, you're still being competitive, but it just becomes fun. You know, it's just like you're mm-hmm. out there on the track doing your thing, riding with your friends. Um, and you know, especially I think the women's class, what I really love about it is that when we're on the track, it's every woman for themselves. We're very competitive, but off the track, it's high fives and hugs. And it's not just us. I mean, I see it in the rest of the community too. Like, you know, for example, Shake's letting me use his bike this time around. Like he's such a great advocate for growing the community and helping others and kind of passing the torch. And, and that happens a lot. So, um, I think that's why the events like Flat Out Friday become so successful because you, you can kind of like get a sense of the community and the love and it's really a grassroots affair that, you know, like Shake said, it's, it's about the experience and having fun, not necessarily the results. Nice. You know, and also, um, I, I do want to talk about that. We talked about, um, 
we talked with Shakes last time he was on about his bike a little bit, but give us an update, Shakes. What is it? Um, what is the? Uh, I mean, give us the year and the make of your bike, and let us know what the. Um, you know what? What's the specs on it now? Have you done anything to it since last time we talked to you? And kind of give us a brief overview of what you're running. Um, it's a '95 Sporty Hugger that I bought um, from an old lady up on the north side of Milwaukee. Uh, they haven't done much to it. It's pretty stock. It, uh, maybe new handlebars, bigger shocks, and a rear tire, but that's about it. It's it's a 1200 straight from the road. It's, um, uh, how do I describe it? Um, Badass. Hooliganish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a proper race bike. Yeah, it's, it, it fits in with the, like, bring it right off the road, you know? Nice. Let her go. Nice. That's how Wiggins' bike was, too. So that's, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. No, um, no B rake, no, uh, no fancy stuff on it yet. You know, I, I figure, let me get my legs under me first and then let's start let's start getting uh the fast parts on it nice and narissa what were you riding last time uh it was somebody else's hooligan bike uh seven. So it, it, yeah it was it was also a sportster okay awesome and then yeah so those things are i'm guessing a couple pounds let's just add 100 to that and maybe the word few <laughs> a few sure. hundred pounds right um yeah, and so this year you're going to be riding riding shakes, so that's pretty cool. And and getting in there and like you said, hugs and high fives beforehand, and then bumping bars and hopefully not not crashing <laughs> this right. time around is awesome. And I don't know if you have the details. If not, I can link them. But I remember last time when I watched, I had to uh, I had to go to a kind of like a pay per view sort of place to watch it. So I'm assuming that it's going to be the same this time around. It's only been a couple months, so I they probably whatever the format is, it works. Uh. Yeah, uh, I, I don't recall offhand, but I'm pretty sure there's a link on the Flat Out Friday Instagram page or probably any of their social media pages. And I'm pretty sure they're doing the same format. I think it's maybe 20 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And you can either watch it live or I think you can play it back, play yeah. it back for um, maybe it's like a week or something like that. Yep, that sounds about right. And it was well worth the 20 bucks. The uh, the entertainment, watching, uh, you know, watching the all of the classes, they're so much fun. And it's a whole day of racing. I mean, it's a it's a day. Are you, obviously you're both uh, taking the day off of work and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, they're, I don't know what you told your bosses, but uh, I'll keep my lips shut and hopefully they don't <laughs> listen to this podcast. And um, what entails, like what, what is, uh, do you get like a uh, morning of practice? Like how does how does the format of the show work for those that want to um, get a peek behind the scenes? Yeah, so loading is like eight in the morning. You get there bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and then they let you in. Uh, get your bike prepped, and then they do riders meeting. Uh, you go out, you get a couple practice laps before uh, heat races. It usually starts around one in the afternoon. And then you get a couple of heat races in to figure out the main event. Um, they'll let everyone settle down uh, and then set up the the mains and then bring all the ki- all the spectators in around five and the show goes on. So it's it's an all-day affair from 8 to 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. And I thought a 12-hour day was tough. That's a, <laughs> that's a long, long day. Um, it is, but it's, it's different, though. Like, when you're surrounded by your friends and just good people in the pits um and obviously like we're all doing stuff that we love so it's a long day for sure but it's it's worth it right totally. and um totally. you know jeremy and the, and the whole crew that that operates the event um they're really good at trying to keep everything very on schedule and you know the, the production of the event is extremely important to them so for anybody who does end up live streaming it, I don't think they'll be disappointed because they put a lot of effort into that. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, always, it was always some hijinks going on. I love. Uh, you never know what oh. you, what you're gonna see. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah, I heard some rumors about what the the little like halftime show is gonna be this time around because they always do something kind of goofy. You know, last time they had like the um, 
the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they're called, but like the funny wrestlers come out. So um, it's usually something completely unrelated to motorcycles and these people scratching their head. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it's, it's entertaining. So I, they're doing something a little bit different this time around, I think, and it should be good. Motorcycle opera. I, I got some. It's the fiftieth uh, anniversary of uh, Quadrophenia, so it's going to be all scooters and opera. So be prepared. <laughs> Um, Don't spoil the surprise. <laughs> so sorry, I am so sorry. And if anybody wants to catch you two around town beforehand, um, where where is like if anybody's going to be there in town that's not from the area, what's a good place to go to celebrate Flat Out Friday and Mama Tried and the whole the whole show and the whole kit and caboodle that goes along with uh, this whole weekend that's happening up there in the uh, Moose State. I think the Badger State. Badger State. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so state fish, uh, the sturgeon state. I'm gonna just call, start calling it that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mama Tried's got a whole app out that'll uh, give you the map of all the uh, goings on around Milwaukee, so you can download that and check out uh, where everybody's gonna be at every day. So, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's there's so much stuff planned. I, I mean. Besides just Flat Out Friday, right, like you mentioned, it's the Mama Tried Motorcycle Show, which is Saturday and Sunday of the weekend, and um, the the two events really go hand in hand. But um, the community here is just awesome. We all really, you know, bind together and try to put on a great weekend for all the visitors who come into town. So um, there's kind of like the staples, so, the Harley Davidson Museum is having a party Thursday night, and there's going to be boony bike races there. Oh my um, God, nice, perfect! Oh, backing it up on when on Wednesday, things actually kick off Wednesday here. So at Elwood's, which is a bar downtown, that's where the first night of boony bike races are, and then Thursday, the second night of boony bike races are at the museum, and then after that wraps up, everybody moves over to Fuel Cafe. And there's always like a pre-flat off Friday party at Fuel Cafe on Thursday night. Then of course Friday is the races, and then um, Saturday everyone typically goes to the Mama Tried show during the day, and then gets together for some more shenanigans at night. So uh, I don't recall where the official Saturday night party is, but I'm gonna put in a little plug here. Uh, anybody who is coming to town Saturday night, you should come to Elwood's on Water Street because uh, we're going to be having a, a good party there. Like we, we always team up with them, um, my group and the Go Fast Don't Die guys that come. We always team up with Elwood's and usually play some like good throwback jams and have some good drinks and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always to be on Saturday. Excellent, excellent. Um, for me, the throwback jam is like the Battle Hymn of the Republic and, you know, a few things that are written in the 1700s. But for you kids, it's probably like all that <laughs> fun dance music you have. Well, you know, uh, maybe like drop a beat behind that and we could get down. There you go. You know, I'm a 136-year-old man and I have a weird music taste. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's awesome. That sounds like so much fun. And um, yeah, I I love, I love uh hearing about it and boonie bike what would you um we're heading we're heading toward uh the end of the segment but as we leave here um maybe a couple ideas from you two what sort of stuff would you like to see uh happening at mama tries like a uh you know like a food i'm sorry at flat out friday like a food fight between the racers and the fans or like uh a water balloon you know or the riders ride around with cups on their heads and you try to get the ping pong ball in it like is there is there anything that, that you guys I'd like, would like to, to see I'd like to see bring back the uh, the booty bike joust with the uh, oh, paper man. Yeah, yeah. About that. that sounds like a lot of fun maybe we can resurrect that that's that was pretty fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did that at a few ivy league events out here they would have like the limbo moto limbo where you try to slide mm-hmm. your bike under the bar and the mini bike jousting yeah that was pretty awesome to watch that and um junkyard uh tt i think you had to like you had to get a bike for under 500 bucks or no, I think it was under like a hundred bucks and fix it up and get it to even start. And if you got it to start, then you had to, you know, bang bars uh, on a, the little TT course here at some of the uh, Ivy League races. That would be pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they have a vintage class 
but from what I've heard, the vintage class is actually pretty competitive. Um, but if you were to put like a, a price limit on it, then that might be entertaining. But the tricky thing is, the bikes have to be in good working order because, man, when somebody spills oil on the track, it delays things so much. <laughs> oh, it's right. Delayed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like a fluid spill to ruin the night because just like drag racing, you're sitting there, the runs are only mm -hmm. 10 seconds, you know, usually anyway. And if somebody spills oil, there's like an hour of cleanup. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, I'm going to um, take these ideas down, submit them to Flat Out Friday, tell them it was my ideas and that you guys had nothing to do with it. And if they come back with it, I guess who's going to get the credit? Me, but I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll admit to it later at some point. And then if they tell you that they suck, then they'll be our ideas again, right? Yeah. I'll say, well, you know, I got these ideas from some of Milwaukee's own, you turdbags. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so awesome. And I, anybody that's in town, please look these two up um, and... Heck, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe one of these years, Junkie Turdman will show up in disguise, of course, yeah. and uh, try to try to race on some weird... Maybe I'll bring a, a MotoGP bike and try to race it. In the, yeah, uh, get up there. We'll get you on ice. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, you'll hear a bunch oh, of oops. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have been watching the ice racing lately and even ice mountain biking, of all things, and just thinking, you guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah so yeah. we gotta keep our sanity somehow you know winter yeah, is know. long here yeah. exactly i mean it was 88 here today and it was almost too hot to go riding <laughs> so yeah. life. i know i know oh man yeah it was too hot you know but anyways yeah i would love to get out there on the ice and actually uh see what it's like to test my uh paper things you can see my bone that's that's how long i've lived in california you can see my bones through my skin because it's uh you have to be so heat uh you know heat resistant here if i went there i'm sure i would just like freeze right through but it'd still be fun but um but yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna use that excuse the next time i step on the scale I like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, hey, you two have have fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for chatting flat track. And as always, uh, have fun up there in the cheese and, and beer state. Um, stay safe. Ride fast. Uh, take chances. Yeah, thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Chunky. No problem. And uh, we'll probably talk to you both later this year. So uh, don't do anything crazy. <laughs> Sounds good. No guarantees. <laughs> right. No guarantees. It is Wisconsin. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks for hanging out. Well, well, well. Who would be more knowledgeable about uh, indoor racing? Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Bucks, the uh, state fish of the sturgeon, and uh, <laughs> a couple other motorcycle-related things than uh, two of the greatest people in this podcast this week. I didn't want to say in Milwaukee because we know there's a lot of great people in Milwaukee and they're going to all be at Flat Out Friday. Hey, listen, everyone, if you want to check out Flat Out Friday, go to flatoutfriday.tv. It's a pay-per-view event. I will certainly be tuning in and watching all of the hijinks. I think it's a, a, the stream starts pretty early, um, but the actual live event does not start some, until somewhere around like five, seven, some, somewhere like that. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to get tickets, you still can. Um, there's all sorts of good stuff at flatoutfriday.com or at ticketmaster.com. Search up fl Flat Out Friday. Glad I was able to say that. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't want to pretend that we're living under a rock. Uh, there is a bunch of stuff happening in the world right now. Um, and I'm sure that's why it's hard for me to log in and check my internet connection um, to, to give you those websites and everything. So uh, having said that, everybody have a great weekend. Get out there and ride, especially if you're in Milwaukee, check out some of the hijinks. If you're in Daytona, check out some of the hijinks. And we will catch you next episode. We're going to have... Um, an expert on Japanese all those pesky classes that they have all these motorcycle sizes and J Japan's famed uh, CC limitations we have an actual uh, expert living in Japan that's going to come on and we're going to talk all about that on our next show so catch that in a couple weeks and if you have anything exciting going on as always reach out creativewritingpodcast@gmail.com. check us out on all the socials at Creative Writing Podcast and on Reddit under Creative underscore writing as I say every week don't just go to creative writing or you'll get a surprise maybe a pleasant surprise or 
maybe just not. But anyway, don't, definitely don't open it during your work meeting. Um, and also on Reddit. Uh, and then again, I think we're available also on Reddit. So <laughs> I meant to say Discord. On our Discord channel, we have been trying to add some... Um, I added a music channel on there because I plan on hopefully making some songs. I made a song for our patrons this week. And right after recording this episode with Shakes and Arissa. And um, basically... It was pretty fun. So maybe if I make a song live or something in Discord, we might do that. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing and uh, check you later, alligator. Have have a good one this week. Somebody loves you and it's me. All right. Bye.